and welcome to this episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I'm here with Gav, G, and Dylan for this episode of the show. Super Bowl 56 is just a couple days away. We break down everything there is to know about this high-powered matchup between the Bengals and the Rams. We'll also cover what's been going around along in the league, including our reactions and takes to every head coaching hire this offseason and a huge lawsuit from former head coach Brian Flores. Plus, a final farewell to the legendary Tom Brady. Today's February 8th, 2022, and this is the 52nd episode of the show. It is okay, a beautiful wanna, day. Let me yeah. just start this off. Hold on. Let me just, okay. it's okay. going to get emotional. Okay, guys. I, you know, come on. I, I didn't want to be right the last time we were uh, talking. You know, we were here all collectively debating whether or not Tom Brady was going to retire. Kind of didn't want to believe it, but, you know, we're here now. And I just want to say, Tom, you were like a, uh, a second dad to me. I watched you lose twice to Eli Manning. I really hated you for it. Um, you hated I watched. Him for I, it? I hated him for it. You know, because how do you lose to a, to a, to, yo? Okay, I don't know if I'm trying to be more professional out here. How do I say this? How do you lose to someone who looks like that? You know, he reads at a third grade level. Okay. Um, and then how do you lose to the backup Nick Foles? You know, but then you also brought the happiness. You beat uh, Patrick Mahomes in the uh, AFC Championship a couple years ago. Which is all I really cared about. Yeah, straight up clapped. And then you win away away from the Patriots, which kind of hurt. But, you know, it just proved how great you were. And Bill was wrong, as I knew. But, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done. Um, I love you. My phone number is... I'm happy you have a, you have a connection with Tom Brady. Right? Dude, dude, I feel like straight out the womb, bro. I swear he was there. You know, he was one of the doctors. Okay, I think we're going to just, you know. He could have passed. You got his phone number on, on speed dial? <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. You know. Does he know who um, you are? I, I, well, I think I, he addresses I him notes. in the restraining order. <laughs> I think I, I think the notes reached him. Mm-hmm. You know. And it says here in the restraining order, I can still be 100 feet away, so. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we were going to start off with uh, the Super Bowl, but. We are going to start off apparently with the Tom Brady news because I think that happened the most recently and it happened about a week ago, I want to say. So when we were supposed to do our other podcast, but you know, yeah, we were, break, we were doing a wisdom thing. But regardless, Tom Brady has retired um, after I want to say 20 seasons in the NFL, 22, 22. I think 22. Father Time finally caught up to him. Father well, Time didn't catch up to him. I don't think it actually caught up to him. You know, I think he still could have played. I think it's Giselle. Giselle. I think it's his stupid family caught up to him. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, dude. People are mad because, you know, they're like, his family's holding him back from being the greatest of all. He's already the greatest of all time. Don't cap, you know. It's time for him to go. If his family says, we need you, you go. Giselle's probably telling him that you don't kiss me on the lips as of late. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Chill, dude. Unprecedented violence from Dylan. I mean... it's pretty much undisputed at this point that he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, maybe one of the greatest players of all time. I don't know about that. We'll see. But, you know, seven Super Bowl rings, six with the Patriots, one with the Buccaneers without Bill Belichick. I think, Gav, you hit it right on the nose for the last podcast episode that we did regarding Tom Brady. You know, Always. it was different. I it was know, different. my guy. It just, you know, he, he was so quiet. I know, but I thought, you know, after... So there was news that it broke out that he was going to retire, you know, um, 
what's his name said he was going to retire. Yeah, Schefter was. He said he was going to retire, and then he says, "Wait a minute," or like one of his agents, I forgot who said. He's like, he hasn't said he's going to retire, and then this news was like, "Oh no, he's going to come back. He's going to come back." You know, he he hears all the doubters like, "Dude, just got. You're not going to retire, no, or you're going to retire, suck it, or something, whatever." And he's like, "No, I'm not going to retire," and I thought that was going to happen. Yeah, I, there's a good chance that he could have played out of spite. I think that was right? very, very possible. So Tom Brady-like. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, sometimes it's time. And I think he just wanted to have the decision for himself. I think that he just wanted to make sure that um, it should have come from him in the first place. Adam Schefter was kind of out of line there. I, no, I get high, dude. Yeah. What the heck? He's trying I to agree. break a story. But at the same time, come on, you got to let the man respect the man's decision and you can't you shouldn't be the first one just to scoop it because now you know people aren't going to remember you know adam Schefter is oh the guy who broke the tom brady retirement it's like basically the guy who basically intruded and kind of leaked tom brady's retirement just kind of yeah kind know. of a low blow from Schefter, but yeah kind of cancel adam Schefter. <laughs> you know that's crazy i don't think anyone ever brought that up in social media that's a great point well adam's yeah, had his uh, questionable you know he's had his questionable oh, with- mistakes Oh, yeah, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was also the you know Washington Luck. football team stuff, and um, I think he also leaked medical records from Jason uh, Pierre Paul, right? Oh I think that yeah, was, I think oh, that was my. also a thing. That's a bit. That's really over the line. You can, yeah, that's really. I, I can't condone that. Sports media journalism, folks, and uh, we're <laughs> part of that now, so that's cool. Yeah, dude. Okay. Um, right. we're to, so next episode we're gonna leak Jimmy G's uh tape. Yeah. If you know what I mean. With, yeah, all with... his medical records and stuff like that. You know, was the thumb really broken? Stuff like that. <laughs> the li- Honestly, it's just Matt crying all the time. Oh, you don't have to say that. <laughs> Jimmy. And tape, Most... what we mean by tape is on the field, on the field. No, tape, no, you know what we're talking tape. about. <laughs> you, you, we, were, we were just discussing this like last night, dude, 8 o'clock. You know, the, the late night, late, late lonely nights, Dylan. Come on, man. <laughs> it is <laughs> i don't even wanna is... i don't even wanna approach that topic um <laughs> no but Jeff, thank as you a patriots patriots fan what was your favorite moment from tom brady favorite moment from tom dude honestly if you could choose it, one it lives in my mind forever the the 28-3 comeback no that's my it least has... favorite moment of tom brady. no but isn't that the great like for okay for a patriot fan because it was our senior year of high school well, for mm-hmm. us, all yeah. of us who were on this podcast. And, um, bro, I was taking heat in the classroom, bro, because everyone <laughs> knew. I wore my Patriots jerseys to school that day. Oh, no, nah, dude. And all of my home, we were in the, my classes where all my friends were. It just so happened that the class I was in had almost my my best friends. I was teaching heat the entire time. They were straight dogging me. 28-3. Yo, I was straight about to kill myself, honestly. And then, of course, Tom Brady has to lead a legendary comeback, two fumble, you know, or, well, the two turnovers, and then or sacks, whatever you want to call it. And um, oh man, I was a I was straight mess after that, dude. I probably embarrassed myself more after what I had done because of how hype I was, you know, straight running through the hallways like screaming, "Tom Brady's the best, dude!" It just lives. It's just a great memory for both me and the Patriots, you know. I can just imagine being at a bar in like new england i remember that i remember that and i remember when it was 28 whatever like 28 3 or even before that i was like i told my group chat i was like if he comes back from this i think he's you know the greatest of all time 
<laughs> and then I had to rescind my statement, unfortunately, because he did that. Didn't no, actually you, mean it. <laughs> you no, know, you you said it. Okay, you said it on air. And so the the, the last couple of times, the early episodes when you were dogging him, saying he wasn't the goat, rescinded. You know, it was all straight lie. I will admit to the fact that Tom Brady is one of the greatest players I have ever seen in uh, my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that no one can win like Tom Brady. And you never felt as more confident if you had anyone on the line, basically, like who you needed to win a Final game. Final drive. Yeah. It'd be Tom or just Brady. one game. One yeah. game, right? Yeah. Oh, because, like against Mahomes, against, you know, the Legion of Boom, you know, against 28 to 3, it doesn't matter. You know, you can never count out touchdown Tom, basically. No. Even though, like, I'm not saying that Tom Brady, obviously, he, he was a big part of it, but, you know, the, top, the Patriots organization is just way too good. But a different class than every other page, uh, every other football team in the league, especially the um, Niners. I don't know. No, 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 no. We had one more Super Bowl than us. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's all. Oh, that's yeah. All. It's only, but that's, that's with one quarterback, you know. You guys had to have, you know, two. Yeah, but then now, you, now you have Mac Jones. Mac, dude, McGriddle, bro. That's in, right here, right now. That's his new nickname, Mac Griddle. Okay, he's serving up some. How would you rate his gritty? Gritty, oh, <laughs> dude, that's a ten out of eleven or ten out of nine. Jesus, bro. Let me see that in a real game. I can't wait. He gives me hype, dude. This is a different tempo, but I, I won't forget Tom Brady too easy. You know, there's too many memories. The Chiefs one has to come in second. I think the my favorite memory of Tom was probably Super Bowl Forty Nine, greatest uh, my, one of my favorite Super Bowls personally, because of the Seahawks losing Malcolm Butler's interception. <laughs> but at the same time, Tom Brady came back from what ten points, I think, in the yeah. third fourth quarter. So that was it. Just there are moments, again. yeah. There are just moments when you watch someone play where you don't think about like let's not think about the fantasy score, let's not think about the you know stats and whatnot. You're just thinking, oh man, this guy—he's legit. He's the real he's deal. He's got that X you factor. Know? If you're t- you're talking about professional and his and his expertise, you know, yeah. you're watching a professional do his thing. This is Tom Brady. He's like the pinnacle of expertise. Yeah, and I was too young ah. to watch those last, the first three Super Bowls, but that fourth Super Bowl when he won, he finally won after like a decade. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, that was probably my favorite moment, and he beat the Seahawks, which is great. Seahawks, the Legion of Boom. Greatest yeah. team of all time, apparently. I don't nope, know. Definitely not. 2010 Patriots. Uh, 2007 Giants. <laughs> ah, uh, they're just they're just straight Patriot killers, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know, they were built to to beat the Patriots. You know, fine, whatever. But thank you, Tom. Too many great memories. I wish I could have watched you in person in your last season. Like you could have done one more farewell farewell tour. But it's okay. That judgment's up to you. Yeah. And we will never see football probably the same way without Tom Brady. But we're going to try to now because Super Bowl 56 is right around the corner. It is only a few days before the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals will meet up in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. The Rams home stadium, actually. Both are the fourth seeds in their respective conferences. Um, <laughs> the, lowest, the lowest seeding matchup in Super Bowl history. Yeah, it's the Rams hard. are the second straight team to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Last year was the Buccaneers. 
So Goodell, bro, get your get your get your get your refs on point, dude. Okay, they have too many egregious calls happening nowadays. Okay, and you're paying these defensive coordinators to lose games. I don't know what is. I know the Bengals was really a different beast, but come on, man. Regardless, regardless, let's say that, you know, the Super Bowl was not rigged and it is completely objective. Everyone's playing the hardest and, you know, it's an even game. This is a pretty big matchup. Two high-powered offenses, um, stars on both sides of the ball for both teams. Who mm. do you think takes this matchup? Can we and just say on paper? Give, like your thoughts and analysis and whatnot. And like, I think we all agree that on paper, Rams are like undoubtedly... The winners, you know, going into have, it. Couldn't that have been said for all the, all the games for the Bengals? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. So you think the Rams are going to win, but Bengals have that underdog mentality. Like, they have, like, there's just something about them right now, you know? Ohio really wants to win. Or the Bengals? No, the, no, the Bengals. I'm talking about the okay. Bengals. G said that that's, how, that's every game where the Bengals are always the underdogs and on paper, it does not look like a good matchup. I agree because I feel like Aaron Donald against that D line will that D line is suspect against that O line will definitely command at least oh, yeah. a double team, if not, you know, sometime probably more. So I think Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, one on one all game. I think that's not good for the Bengals, and I just don't know how they're gonna block Aaron Donald and these other guys on the D line and still have you know Jalen Ramsey on. Jamar Chase most of the game. I, I just don't like those matchups. No, dude, Jamar Chase is still going to eat. Don't worry about it. You see you see what they said, that they're still going to force feed uh, Jamar Chase. Again, they're not going to be scared, you know? And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. Jalen Ramsey trash. Joe Burrow is not scared of nothing. <laughs> you never L- want to good- LSU boys are built different. No, the- Yeah, that's why Joe Burrow, bro. Dylan's been on the LSU hype train ever since uh, August. Every, every, but Dylan, you got to remember the father of the LSU boys is Odell Beckham himself. No, he's not, bro. He's a straight up. Uh, no. He's that uncle that lives off your hype, you know? Like, hey, bro, you give me, pass <laughs> me some. Give me, a, give me a grand, okay? I know you just. Oh, you, dude. Don't <laughs> he got kicked out of the locker room. After yeah, he got kicked out of the. <laughs> I think he's trying to get in and talk. He's trying to get in with your I'm pretty sure it's because he was trying to give them money, right? That's why. Yeah, he was trying to give them money. He's trying to buy friendship with that money. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, you're just hating because he's the best LSC receiver in that game. What, Odell? No, dude. Mm, we'll he's see about the, that. Uh, you know, low, no, no cap, dude. Like straight coming from a, a, a straight uh, – well, okay, this is just going to sound really good. And I, anything I say would just sound really bad. But, yo, OBJ is definitely that most handsome LSU boy, no cap. And no homo. What did you just say? No, no. <laughs> okay. Hey, yo, let's move on to the next one. That's why they're. That's why they're gonna lose, bro. Handsome doesn't win you games. I think unless you're Tom Brady. I'm gonna give you my prediction, and I got the Rams winning, uh, 34, Bengals 31 in a close nail writer. I think it's gonna be a mm-hmm. high scoring game. Uh, you you really think that with this O line and their D line that this is gonna be that close? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is what Joe Burrow does. I know he he's a yo he's the like a god of scrambling, dude. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, you could just rush with <laughs> like you could just have um, Aaron Donald out there, bro. Still blow up the play. They're just that trash. You have the O line just tripping over each other. <laughs> Honestly, they're that bad. I think this is a blowout for the Rams. No way, not in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's happened before, but I almost all know. blowouts happened in the Super Bowl, unfortunately. 
Always. Last year. Unless we can see a, 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 a fiery comeback, you know. We're talking about Patriots, you know. Maybe Joe Burrow has a Tom Brady in him. He does. He does have a little bit of Tom Brady in him. He, he, he won't get carried by the defense. But I don't know. Can Let's talk about the other side of the ball, though, for, for the Bengals. You think that – I just don't think that they can cover <laughs> uh, that man OBJ and uh, – Eli Apple? Are you kidding me? <laughs> talk about Eli Apple out here. Who you, let's chill. Dylan's second favorite white guy, Cooper Cup. Yeah, exactly. He's a beast, man. Cooper Cup, if they you, – you, no one can contain Cooper Cup, bro. Master of routes. I mean, look, I think that both the Bengals and the Rams, their power is on offense, right? Their best strength is on the passing no, offense. Do. The rushing, like the run offense for both is not great. Rams because they're just not very good at running the ball. Bengals because their offensive line is not very good in particular. So I think any run plays, unless they actually work somehow, it, it'd be interesting to see that. But I think that they're probably not going to run as much as you want them to. And I think that the first down runs that the Bengals were doing at the Chiefs game, they're like wasted downs. Tony Romo kept saying they were wasted downs. Like you're not getting anything from them. You might as well pass it basically every down for the Bengals because that's where they're the most dangerous, right? So. Yeah. But I think it's going to basically come down to how are you going to defend these passing offenses? And I think that the Rams and the Bengals are going to do it the same way. They're both going to rush four, and then they're going to probably put like eight or nine back and see how many, like, see if you can do it. Because that's what the Bengals did against Patrick Mahomes. They only rushed like three people, and then they had all um, other eight defenders basically covered everywhere else. So then Patrick Mahomes, he had a lot of time, but then eventually he kept scrambling and he couldn't find anyone. Which is weird. Like I kept thinking, focus. like yeah, I kept thinking, like Mahomes is eventually gonna make a play out of here, right? Like how good is that coverage? But apparently it was really good. So like, credit to the Bengals if they're able to get pressure with just three guys, then they could definitely win this game. But and you already know Matthew Stafford sucks with pressure. Let's go, worse than Tom. Yeah, no, but Matthew Stafford is. That's the thing. When you don't, you shouldn't blitz these quarterbacks because don't Joe blitz. Burrow and Matthew Stafford are. The like both like the best quarterbacks in the league under the blitz right now. So I feel like it's just Cooper Cup, Stafford's okay. No, 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 no. Bad. It's not. It's not just. No, 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 no. Matthew Stafford went crazy against the Bucks. Maybe. No. Yeah. It's because it's because basically Todd Bowles kept blitzing because that's within their that's the nature of the Bucks defense. And when the Niners blitz, Stafford was able to make plays as well. So like. You play cover one, you play blitz, you play cover zero against Matthew Stafford. He's going to burn you. Same with Joe Burrow. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to be able to kind of get into the, uh, he's going to get to the um, first down marker no matter what. So, like, if I were to play either team, you basically drop, you know, everyone and see if your pass rush, like your defensive line can win. So, basically, it's like, so I think the matchup is going to come down to who do you think has the better defensive line? And unfortunately, it's going to be Von Miller and it's going to be Aaron <laughs> Donald like, and Leonard Floyd. Like, if you basically just put those three guys and you rush them against the Bengals offensive line, they're probably going to win. Like, and you they still get to put like guys. eight guys. And then you double, you double chase, you put Ramsey on Higgins, and then you, know, you live with it. So I think that what the Bengals need to do is, is they need to attack the middle of the field make those linebackers work because I think that that's the main weakness of the Rams right now, the middle linebackers. 
Yeah. You use screens and stuff like that to get Chase involved and maybe some end arounds. You put some, like, you try to like, you, you saw what Debo Samuel did for that screen against the, uh, in the NFC championship game, try to do the same thing for Chase, make him move up to the line of scrimmage. So then once they start like trying to move up and try to like yeah. stop all those short plays, you hit them deep. Right. So that's yeah. what the Bengals have to do. I think what the Rams have to do is basically contain Burrow, make sure he's in the pocket, but as well as, you know, pressure him with just your defensive line. And then, you know, kind of make sure that I guess Stafford just needs to just be able to keep attacking with Cooper cup and those option routes. So oh, like, I hate Cooper cup now. I just, I just think it's easier for the Rams to win this because they have the talent advantage and they're perfect, like like Thanos said, perfectly balanced. Yeah, because I think that these guys, are, like, they have the same thing. Like, they have the same strength, but I think that their pass rush is just better. And sometimes defense just wins championships. We've seen it. Defense has always wins championships, dude. I don't want to count out Joe Burrow, though, because, you know, he's got some devil magic in him. There's something up with him. He's got that LSU, LSU, like, water, bro, yeah. in his back pocket that he sprinkles on the field. He was down 21 to three in the AFC championship game. Don't forget it. And I think the Bengals are, if, you know what? Let me say this. If the Bengals aren't in a, in a far reach going into the second half, they win mm. because they're it's, just a second half team. It's true. They, they torch, they torch their boy, them boys. You got to force Matthew Stafford to throw a pick as well. You have to. Yeah. You got to get pressure. Basically you got to get pressure on Stafford with just like three guys. You got Hendrickson, you got reader, you got um, Sam Hubbard get pressure in Stafford's face and then play basically cover three, cover six, because they love throwing deep. They love throwing deep to Jefferson and cup and whatnot. So just, you have to pick those off and don't drop the pick. Please don't <laughs> drop the pick. I swear to God. Oh my God. No, That'd be a little gracious. disappointing now, wouldn't it, Matt? Oh man. It's almost like your heart gets ripped out in prime time and someone just steps on it. Which is almost, it's almost as if, you had the Super Bowl in your hands, but uh-huh. you know, you don't want it because uh, you suck. No. Subpar franchise. Back to the Super Bowl that we did get, unfortunately. Yeah, I see the Rams winning by yeah. about 10 to 7 points. I think the Bengals make it close at the end, but I think it's going to be a 7-point lead for the Rams. And it's basically, it's it shows on the scoreboard as a one-possession lead, but they're kind of comfortable with it basically all game long. So I think it's going to be like 27-20, I think, is your final okay. score. I'm going to actually flip. I'm going to go say Bengals. No, no, the Rams definitely win this thing by a lot. I'll say like 27-10. Oof. And if you were a betting man, you would take the Bengals because we probably don't know shit. <laughs> no, if you were a betting man, you would go Bengals, but just put something low in because that payout is huge. Maybe at the start of the year. Imagine someone betting on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl well, in yeah, August. Oof. Oh, my payout. God. Ridiculous. I mean, I was pretty close. I had a team in the AFC North coming out, out of the Super Bowl. Hmm. Which one? It doesn't matter. It's all the same. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm picking the Bengals slash LSU. Oh, LSU uh, boy. They built different over there in Cincinnati. You know, yeah, they're, they're not, not the Browns, right, Dylan? They're not the Browns. True. And there's not a lot of distractions in Cincinnati compared to LA. What do you think is distracting uh, the Rams? I'm just saying LA is a terrible place 
<laughs> Dude, that's straight up. Ah, uh, the haterade. Our, our two, you can, yeah, you can tell our our both our two Lees in our podcast. You know, they're uh, definitely from the Bay Area. Bay Area is the greatest. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I hope there's enough Bay Area fans that go to the game just to obstruct, like, so they don't get enough. You know, the Rams don't get enough like cheering. You know, Matthew Stafford doesn't feel as comfortable. I mean, you know, oh my God, that. they hate me. They're probably priced out anyway. Oh, that's true. They can't afford him. Them LA LA fans. Yeah. You only have a good fan base in LA. <laughs> yeah, they're all fakers, dude. All fake fans, dude. Band all hell of celebrities and random ass fucking Machine Gun Kelly ass people. Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. Yo, if I see Machine Gun Kelly there, bro. no, you know who's a um, big uh, a fan of the Rams? Uh, freaking, what's his name? Um, oh, never mind. I forgot, dude. It was Post Malone, and then there's another guy. Oh, my God. Anyway, mm. I hope I see them there. Post Malone. The only fans other than Niners fans in SoFi is BTS fans. That's all I got to say. What was that? <laughs> You're stupid. No, it's just a bunch of 40-year-old, 50-year-old people watching the Super Bowl because they're they're setting up for the halftime show. You know, all the all the hits, you know, Eminem. Oh, dude. Oh, J-Lo. man. I'm so hyped for the uh, halftime show, at least. Let's go, Eminem. My boy Kendrick Eminem coming Snoop. back. Yeah, Kendrick. Can't wait for that. That's probably either way we all win because we get that super that halftime show, you know. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a good game though. I really hope so because I think. You know, I mean, that's all I'm hoping for. I'm just hoping it's a good game. Yeah. Bitter I hope it's the Patriots versus Rams. Joe you know? Bro, when he's gonna play the Rams, he's gonna think he's playing against Clemson. He's gonna torch yo, them. <laughs> I hope yo. If anyone's listening, bro, I'll give you twenty bucks. Of of monopoly money to bet oh, that Eli shit. Apple uh gra- <laughs> throws a pick or grabs a pick or gets an interception. Please bet that, dude. Watch that happen. What's everyone gonna give me, dude? Absolutely. Eli Apple's gonna think. G's got oh, AOG. You gotta wear a page a Patriot shirt for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about Eli G? Apple's gonna G, think, you can you admit that Tom Brady's the goat if Eli Apple picks sixes, Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Maybe. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. All right. Wouldn't that be insane? Oh my god! I'll do the same. Okay, I'll do the same. What you guys? You guys just can't admit that he's already the greatest. You guys are. I mean, there's dogs. a lot of quarterbacks up there like Brady, Manning, Montana, Roethlisberger. Yo, okay, so <laughs> all the Joe, there uh, players named Joe made it to the Super Bowl nine times as quarterbacks. Okay, that's second two players. Quarterbacks named Tom. Okay. What do you mean? You, chill you, got, out. you got four. You got four Joe Montanas. You got one Joe Flacco, right? And it's then, ten or nine, and now huh? Joe Burrow going to the Super Bowl, not winning. Six. That's six, right? Is it? No, no, no. There is also uh Flacco. Oh, Namath, right? You got yeah, Joe Namath. So seven. Did you say Flacco? Yeah. Joe Burrow. Namath. Yeah, name you it. got name if you got dice. The old right? people, yes. Either way, it's nine, okay? Nine, yeah. nine Joes. Why does this matter? No, 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 no. Because it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Joe Montana, goat. Ben Rossberg. <laughs> dude, that guy is definitely gonna open up his own burger burger shop now and just be fat for the rest of his life, dude. Man, put it past him. Yeah, he's a goat. So let's just hope this Super Bowl is a great game. You know, wrap it up because. I'm not ready for another Patriots Rams game. That happens again. Yeah. Sorry, but that's it. In LA, how much more rigged do they need it to be? And if Stafford chokes this away, 
I swear to God, worst quarterback in the history of uh, NFL. He didn't deserve all the, the love we were giving him after uh, the Detroit. I like how we love Stafford because he escaped Detroit. <laughs> that's that's really the sympathy. That's that's all the sympathy that he's getting because he escaped Detroit. It's like if someone escaped the Washington Commanders now. Yeah, honestly, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for him coming from Detroit, everyone would go for the Bengals. It I think I'd still, like Bengals are still the underdog. That's still like I think more majority of people are rooting for them. Would Jared Goff really bring been so them back? Long. No, definitely yeah. not. I think the throws he had to make, at least under pressure, like Stafford's the best under pressure right now in the NFL, or at least right now in the playoffs. Goff is probably the worst when it comes to the blitz and pressure. So, yeah, definitely <laughs> needed a change. You have a nickel blitz, basically, on Tampa Bay. You think Jared Goff's going to find Cooper Cup? I don't think so. Yeah, bro, because Cooper Cup just gets open on his routes. Mm. Nasty bad man. You got to get someone to throw it to him, though. So we got what three Rams and one Bengals. I think that's the case. Let's just be real though. Dylan is capping. He knows Rams. If he was betting, he'd go for Rams. Hey, last time only one person predicted the other way. You know, like what happened? Yeah, and the Bengals are here. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like you know, it's, just, it's Stafford's time. No, no, he doesn't deserve it. That little bum crustacean. <laughs> This is literally the greatest revenge story ever. He finally made it out of Detroit. It's not revenge on Detroit, though. He had to. I he had to freaking. You can't be mad. You gotta be happy for the guy. Nah, I'm not. No, I'm not happy for some guy who left a dying franchise. If we care, if like if it's LA, we'll just follow the LA tradition and not acknowledge the championship win. (laughs) Just like like with the Lakers and Dodgers, I think we can all agree. You really want some LA like people from LA hyping up because their football team won, even though they don't know two teams. The Rams exist don't have any fans to hype them up, bro. What are yeah, you talking about? I don't think I don't think they're gonna be all hyped. So I'm not gonna worry about that. I just want Stafford to have a ring because you know he plays hard. He's been through some injuries, you know, like all the nice stuff about him. Joe Burrow's got some time to come back. You know, he made the Super Bowl. I feel like that's big enough. Nah, man, you don't make the Super Bowl and come back usually unless you're Brady. So. I hope he wins it now because I think that, you know, the Bengals, they have a bright future, but at the same time, bright futures can shut real quickly. Just look at Aaron Rodgers, 2011. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. More more, more Aaron Rodgers dogging. Yeah, so I hope the Bengals win. But mm-hmm. I, my, my mind says, the like, my head says the uh, Rams, my heart says the Bengals, but we'll have to see. Bengals all the way. I... I drafted Jamar Chase. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying with the ship. You drafted Cooper Cup too. I did draft Cooper Cup, but we lost to him. Next season, or next, yeah, next season, we're gonna have Dylan give our the wide receiver one pick just because he always picks the best wide right receiver. So and I was telling Matt, I was telling Matt the and, other day. Next time when we draft, I'm gonna draft two wide receivers in the first two rounds, and their name's gonna be Matthew. I mean, not Matthew. Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. I'm gonna do both of them. You can't. Do I hope that. they have horrible first years. Fall. Yeah, you can't do that. First of all, I'm going <laughs> to take one of them. So that's not going to happen. But let's go to the next topic here. While it is an exciting time for the NFL, it is also a very tumultuous time for the NFL, most specifically because Brian Flores, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, stirring up a muck. Yeah, he's fly- filing a lawsuit against the NFL as well as various other teams um, for several different kind of um, charges, basically. 
for the Dolphins, he says that Stephen Ross, um, the owner of the Dolphins, um, offered him money, basically. I think it was $100,000 every game to tank and lose games. He wanted him to tamper with a free agent quarterback that will not be named in the report, I guess. But I think it's Brady, based off of the timeline. Oh, He accused the Denver Broncos of basically circumventing the Rooney Rule, minority rule, by interviewing him. And it was practically a sham interview because he said John Elway was kind of drunk and wasted during the uh, interview. Yeah. So, and then finally... Um, which most likely has the most evidence currently, the New York Giants. He believed that he was going to get the head coaching job or at least interview for the head coaching job. Bill Belichick texted him, assuming that he already <laughs> got the job. <laughs> and he, before he was even interviewed, he thought he heard from the Giants that they were going to hire him. But then it turns out that it was Brian Dable, but not... Um... Wrong Brian, Bill. <laughs> yeah, not Brian Flores. And that's, that's all time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the text? It's so funny. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm s- yeah. He was like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. Yeah. Bill. Bill. Oh my God. Thanks coach. And then like, yeah, Brian, Brian was like, <laughs> thanks coach. <laughs> dude, it's hilarious. That has to be a comedy. I don't know Sketch, how you dude. can respond. Oh, I, can I, I don't know how you can respond. Yeah, that, that. that seems so like pre-scripted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, you had to change like, it after. Yeah, oh man. But I mean, either way, this is a big storyline that happened last week. It prompted a couple of other coaches to say that they were paid to lose games. Hugh Jackson notably, but I think that I think he said he was Yeah, it's he pretty definitely backtrack. Yeah. So I mean, this is an interesting discussion here. Do you think that he has kind of a chance to, I guess the biggest thing here would be that he's trying to make change to the NFL and specifically with kind of the like practices that they've been instituting um, towards minority head coaches, right? So do you think this lawsuit basically has any traction in any of the kind of accusations? Do you think that anything will change? I feel like it's hard to prove that they're being racist. You know, they gave him a chance, mm-hmm. but this definitely would cause social change in the NFL. You know, they can't make keep having having this happen where a minority coach is suing them. You know, it starts you start losing fan base with all the minorities. So they'll definitely change after this. I don't think Brian Flores wins the lawsuit, but I do feel like he does cause change. Just not on the start. You won't be able to tell. You know, he won't have like a W mm-hmm. to hold in his hand, but, you know. He'll definitely win. This no, he'll just... have something to hold. It'll be probably like a hundred million dollars after the settlement. Hush but... money, hush money. <laughs> Pretty hey, much bro. settlement money. That's what I'm thinking yeah, right? here. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll definitely change the Rooney rule a little bit. I don't know how what, exactly. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna chew into how to change social justice in the NFL, but I'm sure there's a bunch of different things they could change the way the hire process, the way they interview. Um, you know, all this type of stuff and actually make different type of, you know, pipelines more available to minority coaches. But I just don't know. I'm not going to personally speak on anything like a certain way to do it. But I think, you know, there's definitely going to be changes this offseason after the Super Bowl. And I think, you know, maybe Brian Flores probably won't be coaching again, but I think it's impact. Badly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest part is that that interview, because the Rooney rule is great in the fact that at least you get you know, minority head coaches like in the door, right? 
So like mm-hmm. you don't have you have to interview at least one minority head co- uh, like assistant coach or whatever. But at the same time, you can treat it like John Elway would treat it apparently, and it's basically a sham. Yeah. So, you know that I think that's the biggest issue with that kind of um, you know rule right now. And I think that this might force the NFL to kind of impose some kind of standard like. It's hard to do that, though. It's it really seems is. forced, though, if they do that, you know. But basically, like it's like, not even real rate. Like it'd be cool if you know, just don't show up drunk, first of all. Like, but it is really hard to, like, thing to do, you know. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, implement. I because I don't really have um, a way that the NFL could do it as well. I do. I'm sure they have the people. The people available to figure that out, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Honestly, about in my opinion. Yeah, I appreciate one change that they made a couple years ago, which is the fact that assistant coaches, if they get hired by and they are like a minority, they uh, the team that you know previously had them as an assistant, they gave them compensatory draft picks, right? They get two third round picks if they are a minority, right? You saw that with Robert Sala with the 49ers. They got two third-round picks from it, and then they used one of those picks, I think, to trade for uh, up for Trey Lance. So I think that's a good move because it promotes internal hiring of like minorities as the mm-hmm. assistants. Incentivizes. Yeah, because I think that they said a big problem with what the NFL has been shifting towards is everyone wants an offensive genius, right? So then they hire offensive assistants, they hire offensive coordinators. Offensive coordinators primarily are white at least they usually are right and that's because they're usually quarterbacks coaches and whatnot and quarterback coaches usually get promoted to become offensive coordinators offensive coordinators become head coaches and then you get a predominantly white thing um like you know kind of coaching staff but that's you know it's not the only thing reason why right it's hard to believe that 31 out of 32 teams have white head coaches and that's because of, um, you know, just because everyone wants a white offensive coordinator, that doesn't really make sense. There's probably something behind <laughs> that, right? But yeah, you can't I have think... 70% of the NFL players be black and only two head coaches. Exactly. So black. I think that when you hire, like when you put this rule in place, you incentivize, you know, coaches to say, okay, maybe I should hire the running backs coach, maybe give him a chance, right? Which I believe Eric Bieniemy was um, a running backs coach, I want to say. So, you know, I think it does kind of incentivize a little bit of change. Hopefully they can find another way to keep doing that. But I think now it has to do with the hiring process, not just the internal, you know, coaching hires as well. So I hope Brian Flores is able to kind of. I hope this is an end change. Yeah. I hope it's not like a Colin, you know, situation. I feel like it is. You think I, so? I don't well, think thank you, you for your sacrifice. I don't think Brian Flores coaches again in the NFL. Unfortunately, I hope he does. But you've seen he's a what great coach, done. you know. You've seen what they've done to like coaches, basically, um, or like people who bring up lawsuits against the NFL. You know, so I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say, but I hope he gets something out of it because it's a major stand he's taking. He's very courageous for doing it. And I hope that he has the evidence because if he doesn't have evidence, it is going to be a very bad time and they're going to mischaracterize the hell out of him. And it's going to be yeah. hard for anyone to bring up the same concerns again. So I really hope that, you know, he's ready to roll against probably like what 
billion trillion dollar company. <laughs> Bunch of lawyers. Yeah, lawyer up. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he works out for Brian Brian Flores. Yeah. Um, but. In the other head coaching news, we have a bunch of other head coaches that we need to talk about. Thankfully, they got the message from us and they finished up hiring all their head coaches so that we can all talk about all of them. Let's go. And I think what, we got like nine coaches here. Brian Dable to the a Giants, lot. as we all know. Nathaniel Hackett to the Broncos. Matt Eberflus to the Bears, Josh McDaniels to the Raiders, Doug Peterson to the Jaguars, Kevin O'Connell to the Vikings, Mike McDaniel to the Dolphins, Lovey Smith to the Texans, Dennis Allen to the Saints. So, a lot of head coaches. Yo, trash, bro. Are you kidding me? You don't like a single on. head coaching hire here. I don't like, no. I like McDaniels actually to the Raiders, bro. No, that's what straight, the fuck? That's straight Shut comedy. That's, that's <laughs> straight comedy, dude. That's gas. That's gas, dude. On the Belichick <laughs> tree. Yeah, dude. No, oh, no that tree saying, sucks. Like, yeah, that's what I was to say. Into the tree, all the branches have been cut. That, no, that, that was a horrible hire. Let me let me say something first. I just think it's just characteristic of the Raiders. No, I'm not saying it's a great pick because you know it was the Raiders are going to do good. I'm just saying it's so characteristic of them to hurt themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, agree. I, I think I think the most, I think the best hire, which not people are people aren't gonna like to hear, is Doug Peterson to the Jags, and I'm gonna tell you why. Oh. I mean, and and I think you know, it's just that in this league, like Matt was saying earlier, you need an offensive-minded guy, and Doug Peterson, although people hate on him, was a great offensive-minded person while he was in Philadelphia. Maybe one of the main reasons they won that Super Bowl. And they just need, even though Doug Peterson might not be the long-term answer for at least next two to three years while they develop Trevor Lawrence, like, they cannot keep giving him these rando defensive guys or, you know, these unproven you know, first-time guys. I don't think that's how it works. You know, you see Herbert with Staley, and I don't think that's – I think that's a good example of why you can't just get a first-time coach and just put him with a young quarterback. It's just not – you know, it just doesn't mesh well, in my opinion. So I would rather, you know – I'd rather you know find a guy like Peterson, and he's veteran, knows how to run an offense, has a good scheme with the RPOs. I feel like that all works with Trevor Lawrence, and is exactly what this offense needs. Well, I'm gonna disagree with you there, G. I think that Doug Peterson is good hire by the Jaguars in theory. I think that he would be you know a good offense mind. I think he's proven that he's been a head coach at a winning level. But at the same time, I just cannot reconcile the fact that Trent Bulky is still in that front office. And, he should be gone. You know, yeah. That's a different. That's a different thing. Like, I mean, like, obviously, you gotta work with what you got. I, I, I like you. But you what can't. You but you can't. The thing is, you can't connect with. Like, you can't win with a front office that incompetent. I feel you can't. Like, no, no I agree. What. But, but for what it is in that hiring. That hire in itself is a good hire. Yeah, I think now, will it, they end up doing anything with that? And you know, and will they ever make a roster good enough to win around the team? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Balky keeps them away from doing that. But yeah, I don't. That's the very fact. And I think that what also like kind of sullies the hire a little bit is the fact that for about a week or so, we heard rumors that Brian Leftwich was going to be the head coach of the Jaguars, but then he wanted to bring in his own GM. It was reported it was Adrian Wilson of the Cardinals front office. And then it seemed like the Jaguars were basically trying to find any other anybody candidate. else. Yeah. Right? Literally like oh. not Byron. It's like, it's weird because it seemed so, like 
they there was a report that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, was interviewing them in front of Trent Balky, right? And they were like, "What? What do you want to do with Trent Balky?" And he was there. He's in the interview. What are you gonna do? Like, if you were in that interview, what would you say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would just be too hard to. That's fucked. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. It's like, I mean, Balky's not great, but you know, you don't do that to him. It's kind of you know. It's just not called for. <laughs> yeah. really hope, I do think they didn't screw themselves over. You know, Peterson was the best hire they could have got, but that's because they screwed themselves over his left wish. Yeah. I think that you basically, it's a good rescue hire, I want to say. Yeah. And I think Peterson can develop a quarterback, maybe. I don't know what we're talking about here with Carson Wentz. We're going to have to see. Basically, what he can do. He had a good year. He had a good year, but is he that because it. of Frank Reich? Is that because of Frank mm. Reich or because of Doug Peterson? I mean, the scheme, that scheme was a lot of Doug Peterson, that whole system, that RPO stuff. That was a lot of that was Peterson. Mm. So yeah. I'm just saying that, I mean, I said it before and I'll say it again. I just don't think you can find success with Trent Balky at the helm. And the fact that they're basically building around Trent Balky. Which is weird. Like they're just basically finding a lot of front office people to surround Trent Balky. And that's the weirdest thing I could like. He what is he saying? Him. What has he got on Shad Khan that basically has like entrenched him into that front office so well? He like, has his kids hostage. Yeah. He's got pictures or something. He's got like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought about him and Jed York at the time too, because I was like, what is, what is he still doing here? Why are we still letting him hire head coaches? This is the fourth head coach that he's been allowed to hire in four years. I think. Yeah. I wonder I if Balky realizes that he's like, all, like the results from all, from all his choices. Am I the problem here? No. No, I no, never no. look inwards, dude. Always blame everyone else. Exactly. I know a couple of people like that. Yeah, yeah. The same, yo, same here. <laughs> you, you know what a few people, right, Gary? You know. <laughs> I am one of those people. What do you guys think about the other hires around the league, though? What I like Dayball. That's hire? the only one I like in this list. So do we think Dable saves Daniel Jones' career or what? They're rocking with Def- I definitely don't think he does. Danny Dimes, baby. I think Dable's the ball. good. But I think that Daniel Jones, like Josh Allen had Throw to do, that ball. like he had to change his entire mechanics, right? To I mean, make himself like, accurate again. That's yeah. because he was trash. Yeah, okay. but that's, but I don't think Allen, Dable was the one who did that with Allen. I think Allen did that on his own, right? He went to like an off-season training camp and whatnot. Well, uh, obviously, that's good Dable getting helped, extra training in. But like, I don't think, you know, Dable was the savior of that offense. I think Josh Allen finally being good, you know, saved Dable and kind of that Buffalo Bills offense. So... I don't know. I think he's a good, probably higher. I would love to give him a chance if I was kind of like a franchise like the Giants. Certainly I better than Joe Judge. Best. I think he's a good hire because even if it doesn't work out with Jones, you tank, you suck this year, and next year you got the good quarterback. Yeah. Out, yeah, and then you yeah, just, just one one. And then, yeah, like you just work it out with him and whoever you have there at that point. And Rosh is not terrible. I mean, I know that doesn't look good, but there's – Decent stuff there. They got a bunch of first round picks this year. So I think that's I think there's a good hire for them. I think they're going in the right direction. You gonna draft any giant next year in fantasy? Yeah, dude, Kadarius Tony. Depending on what Daniel Jones one. looking like, maybe maybe Kenny Galladay. Yeah. <laughs> Sterling Shepard in PPR, bro, because that guy's a monster. Saquon might not be a giant inside report for me. 
Yeah, I heard about Insider that. report, so. really? Where was this? What happened? I well, I guess get him out of there. Just get him out of there. Yeah. Barkley, was, the, Barkley was the second overall pick. Josh that, Allen give, was also in that draft. Lamar Jackson was also in that draft. Give this guy a chance. Baker Mayfield is first. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, Hackett to the Broncos, Eberfus to the Bears. I think those are solid hires. Solid Not hires. Much to yeah. say about them. Nothing um, too spectacular. Let's let's circle back to McDaniel's here for a second. Ah, uh, we lost our nerd. Do you like? <laughs> do you like Josh McDaniel's? No, dude, I don't like that no, guy. Get him out of here. You don't even bro. like him. You're not gonna miss him. I mean, there's nope. reports Joe Good Judge bye. is gonna be your offensive assistant now. Uh, well, uh, okay, well, okay. After hearing that, you know that's kind of <laughs> scary, you know. But we always have a, uh, we always have Bill at the helm. He can figure something out. I don't know. Hire some offensive. Dude, hire some like scout to be the coach. It doesn't matter, dude. We're gonna be. Josh McDaniels is the greatest screen caller ever. That's that's what I know him by. (laughs) You can call up a great screen. Great. Yeah, I love the screen. You can always disguise a. You can always decide disguise a tight end screen like no other, bro. Yeah, it's such a fucking value that the Raiders. Good for him and goodbye. Go cheat somewhere else. Okay, again, you know. You're I want you to take some more. On Josh McDaniels, huh? Yes, he he cheated <laughs> with one team. Now he's gonna cheat again with another. Wonder who. Wonder uh, they're gonna win. I mean, someone was had to manage him. Someone had to. No, know no. It, you know, <laughs> you, you when you have a bad apple, corrupts all the other apples. You know. Uh huh. Or, or whatever, whatever that saying <laughs> is. Dude. Either way, Josh McDaniels is poison, and I, I I I think it's a great hire for the Raiders just because they're already poison. You know. I predicted the Raiders are gonna win twelve games in our 50th podcast and now i already regret it because that i assumed they would hire jim harbaugh and now they hired josh mcdaniels oh he played michigan i believe i i believe if i was Carr and you asked Get out for, of there you and you and many players on the team asked for rich rich to come back and call him i don't know how to pronounce the last rich name Bisaccia. Bisaccia, there you go yeah so if they asked him to come back and you didn't even like I feel like they didn't even consider it really, honestly. I feel like they were like, okay, we're going to move on, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like a slap in the face after so many – Spectacular you know, season. Not even a spectacular season, just like just an you know, okay times season. where like, you're just like, damn, like I could have it so much better somewhere else, you know, if your car. I feel like I would want to move on, but that's just me. I think Mark Davis likes to make the flashy hire for some reason. You saw it with Gruden and his 10-year contract. And now you see what Josh McDaniels. He does love flashy stuff, bro. Yeah, I just don't understand it. Like, you know, it's okay not to make the splashy play because you just need to know what's good for your team. And I don't think Josh McDaniels is particularly nobody in the NFL knows what's good for their team. Okay, we already know this. They always make bad decisions. I think the Raiders have talent, and you know, if you want to win now, apparently, I think McDaniels could be your guy. But at the same time, he had so many issues back in Denver. Like, he was like, you know, whenever you're a Bill Belichick assistant, apparently you bring the Bill Belichick attitude with you, but you don't no. have the success to back it up, right? You have Matt, Patricia, Joe Judge, Josh McDaniels right there. And, you know, I don't think he's learned enough because he can't do it. He, on says, his own. he says it was like, oh, it was only like, it was 10 years ago. I made mistakes. I moved on. And now I like, you know, I don't have control of the front office anymore. I won't make my team draft Tim Tebow in the first round. You know, <laughs> stuff like that, which is stupid. But then 
you say, okay, maybe he has matured. But let's not forget, like two, three years ago, he backed out of a job with the Indianapolis Colts at the last second. He committed to be their head coach. He hired staff that's still there. <laughs> and then he backed know. out. I don't know how they don't learn. You know, nobody History learns. History always repeats itself. I'm pretty sure Matt Eberflus was one of those guys. I'm pretty sure he was one of the ones who was hired by Josh McDaniels. <laughs> but <laughs> Great people, decision. You know, people think they learn from their mistakes, but history just, yeah, history repeats itself. Yeah, I just don't. It's, it seems like a, it's like another, you know, insanity kind of thing. Like something's about to happen in Las Vegas again. It's just like with Gruden, you know, it was always kind of a clown show with Gruden at the helm, even before like, everything happened. So I think this just makes the Raiders more the Raider-like. Third. Yeah, same old Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, but prove me wrong. I'd love to see you prove me wrong. Win 12 games. They should have not moved to, L- to Las Vegas. The worst place. The NFL shouldn't football. have moved to Las Vegas at all. Just based off of everything. So many distractions. All right, Mike McDaniel to the Dolphins. I'm going to miss our dorky stoner head coach. Mm-hmm. He uh, looks like Mike Jones. <laughs> oh, man. I really Dude, like the hire, though. I do, too. I like it for the Dolphins. I don't like it for us. Like, we get two third-round picks, but at the same time, oh, no. Like, we lose our offensive guru. Well, he's not the offensive guru we should, like, like you guys- be too sad about, but, you know. Another one from the run game. Yeah. He he helped the run game. Like he didn't call it, but he like did he drew up kind of the schemes. He drew up like the angles which you should be taking and stuff like that. Like the way I assume it would work is like as run game coordinator, he'd basically like look at the film. He'd be like, okay, what run plays would work best? And then he'd probably send them over to Kyle. Kyle says, okay, I'll put these in the play call sheet this week. That's what I assume. A run game coordinator. I designed that Trent Williams motion play. Yeah. Or well, they call, that, they call that should be burned. Like I don't want to see that anymore, honestly. <laughs> but oh man, I'm gonna. It I'm was gonna twice when we saw Elijah Mitchell go up the middle when Trent Williams when Trent motioned right. Yeah. I no, I, I I get I get the play call. I don't want to get too much into it, but you know I get it. But at the same time, I just think it's kind of too gimmicky. But you know, leave that to Kyle. I mean, do you think that he's able to make Tua better? Do you think he's able to develop Tua and make that whole Tua was unsalvageable, bro. Next. Okay, let's chill out. Let's chill out. <laughs> Tua's not the greatest. Tua's not the greatest. Like, he's not the problem. They have one of the worst O-lines, one of the worst running back groups. And then other than Jaseki and Waddle, the rest of their, you know, the rest of their team is fucking garbage on offense. You know, the defense wasn't was started playing better the second half of the season. You know, obviously why they started because they had trash lineup or trash matchup order. I think I think honestly they're they have screwed themselves by trading with the Niners. Obviously, Niners went to almost went to Super Bowl and they have a late pick now. So the Dolphins have that pick very very late. But you know, I don't know. Like like you can probably sign some guys and stuff. But I just feel like they even with McDaniel's now they'll have like a better offense around to it. But I just don't think they have the necessary like components to look like a full full fledged offense. You know, the Dolphins offense has not been in the top ten for a very long time. I think they have the longest drought right now in terms of being a top ten offense year over year. I think that you know, we've seen with these Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay disciples, some of them work out. 
like Zach Taylor, he's in the Super Bowl right now. We didn't even mention that coaching aspect of oh, yeah. versus Taylor. But, you know, you also have guys like, you know, Mike LaFleur with the Jets, which isn't that LaFleur, great. LaFleur. Yeah. Mike, Mike LaFleur. Yeah. <laughs> his brother, his blood, his brother. Matt LaFleur was under Sean McVay, and he's done it kind of well. We're not going to say playoff success, oh, but trash. Know. Dealing with Mr. Immunized. Yeah. And then you got Rich Straganello. I think he was the offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback coach for the Niners, and then he went to Denver to be the offensive coordinator under Vic Fangio. Didn't work out. So, I mean, there's a sordid history, I think, there. I don't know if I ever thought Mike McDaniel was going to be a head coach this soon. He's like 38, right? Yeah. These NFL is trying something new. They like their 38-year-olds. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, like, can you imagine no, dude, that guy being your head out. coach? I don't know. No, look at this dork doofus, bro. Come <laughs> on, huh? I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him, but I just I don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. So we're gonna have to see. No, I'm glad they did this because I, I I hate the Dolphins with a passion. I mean, he's gonna run all over you while Joe Judge calls a quarterback drop Ma- in the middle. Matt Griddle is gonna straight up. Oh wait, wait, wait. Matt Griddle's gonna straight up lay a pancake on him. Okay, chill out, dude. Joe Judge is going to call a quarterback him. sneak on third and eight again. Joe Judge, I swear to God, if you mess us up, I'm going to murk you. I'm going to find you, bro. Throw a brick in your house, dude, and piss on your cat. <laughs> Bill Belichick's <laughs> going to retire. <laughs> oh, Joe Judge oh my becomes God. head coach now instead of Josh No, McDaniels. no, no. I'd rather see his son become head coach, dude. Oh, God. I like how the I worst mean. Belichick assistants are coming back. Bill Belichick, and then you got Joe Judge. You got Matt Patricia. <laughs> it's all fall. <laughs> Oh, Matt won us a Super Bowl, chill. The gang's back. No, he lost to a Super Bowl. Well, that was a di- okay. He also won us one, so he's he's even in my book. Mm. You're All still right. hung up with the Dolphins after what they did to you, for, like four I hate years the Dolphins. Ago, no, they ago. always screw us over. It doesn't matter what happens. He lost to them like even this year, last year, yeah. So you know, Levy Smith doesn't matter, guys. I mean. Do you think Lovey Smith was going to be hired? I thought Brian Flores was going to be the hire until he filed the lawsuit. I thought Josh McCown was going to be the hire. To be that honest. too. That too. Josh McCown? Is that what they were saying? Seriously? I don't get why Josh McCown keeps... He's a high school offensive coordinator, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> he's an offensive head coach. You know, he was a head coach in uh, high school or something. Dang. Do you want a high school head coach just hire Philip Rivers? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But This I was think- just a replacement for Brian Flores. I think I think it's just an uninspiring hire. I don't know where the Texans go from here because they're just they're just there. They don't really have a lot of future. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter honestly. about the hire though. That's just how the fucking team is. Yeah. Like I mean I don't want to like that's what I'm saying. You gotta like situate from the hire from what the situation is, and the hire is not always like gonna fix the situation, but in the the situation can get better because of the hire. If that makes Maybe any a culture sense. change. I, yeah, I, I mean, not even a yeah, like a culture change. It's the no, same just, culture. He was there. Yeah. I know, yeah, but that's why it was a trash move. I'm saying I didn't like any of these these new head coaches. Except I, for Dave I don't think Lovey Smith does a bad coach. I think it's sort of like the, in the sense of Doug Peterson, you put a veteran in there, and then you just kind of ride it out and just try to progress as a team. Pray on it, dude. I guess. I guess this. I don't know. I thought his coaching days were over. I thought he was in Illinois. Um, college football. <laughs> you, you should kick them out of the NFL. Yeah, they college. kicked him out for a good like while, and then he came back. A couple years, four years. It's just, yeah, I don't know. 
it's it just feels very stagnant in Houston. I don't think that Lovey's gonna be. They the need to, you know what they do? They need to move. They need to move. Go they need relocate to move Watson. Somewhere. That's what they need to do. Well, <laughs> do something. Something needs to be done because as long do as do something that, in Texas. As long as that please. hangs over their heads, I don't think you know anything okay. will get done. Really, you know that's probably why they hired Lovey Smith. You know, and they were even considering. <laughs> yeah, Brian Flores. If they and hired McCallum. McCallum, oh man. Oh God, the worst in the Raiders. <laughs> All right, Dennis Allen to the Saints. It said Eric Bieniemy was in like prime contention for this, but you think that it was basically an internal hire? I think that they kind of just wanted <laughs> to keep the culture of Sean Payton. Yeah, going. This is okay, dude. Yeah, I mean they're gonna stay the same, yeah. subpar. It doesn't help that basically their entire team is blowing up. You know, whatever. Oh yeah, Kamara out of there. Yeah, not looking good for that. But uh, we're gonna wait. Everything happens in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas was a bad idea for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad idea. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode of the show. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we kind of sign off? I'm just hoping McDaniel's does a good job with Tua. I I think Tua deserves it. Another I just chance. want to touch on the um, I want to touch on the uh, Pro Bowl. Okay, yeah. let's just let's just uh, get rid of the Pro Bowl. Okay, half black football. No, no. I want. I saw this tweet, dude. It's honestly a hilarious and great idea. Let the two bottom seeds go fight for the first seed. You know. You mean the pick, the draft pick? Yeah, the draft pick. Whoever they get the top, the first pick, and they have to play each other. The lot, the worst teams, the lowest two teams. Way more competitive than this stupid Pro Bowl, bro. If I see Matt Griddle do another McGreedy, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my god. Didn't all six quarterbacks get picked off? Well, yeah, but that's the Pro Bowl, bro. They're straight. Oh god, so boring. They're doing two hand touch over there. I mean, I understand. I mean, no one wants to get injured in the Pro Bowl. That would suck. But that's why, dude. Football's about tackling. That's people don't like watching flag football, bro. But they're playing that's for nothing. Thing. They're playing for nothing. Yeah, but that's why. Happens, if you, what if happens you if two... like the like the two bottom seeds like lose, like they lost, they don't have a head coach. Like Jacksonville and Detroit, those are the guys right now. So then, who's the coach? You know, dude, just put yo. <laughs> but an intern head coach. Yeah, just interim head coach, real quick, okay. What if the interim head coach is like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna be here next season." Well, they, I'm a, well, I'm a loser. <laughs> Isn't the head coach? You gotta get a head coach quick, bro. You know, you're gonna set up your set up your season already before this season even up, done. I guess so. Straight genius. Better than a Pro Bowl, okay? I'll tell you that much, dude. It's true. I'd rather. I, I only like probably see that. The only part I, I enjoyed like, about the Pro Bowl was when the. The players were playing Madden. That was funny. Are they playing well, Madden on during the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I would or, ask them. It was um, I think it was on YouTube. Like it was like Justin Jefferson and Michael Parsons versus Nick Chubb and um, is it Micah? The Micah guy from Parsons? no, not not Micah. The guy Micah want, the guy from the Chargers defensive backs. Uh, Derwin Derwin James. Yeah, Derwin James Jr. Okay. Um, Santi Samuel Jr. I don't know. Okay, dude. Either way, dude. Pro Bowl trash. Dude, we need something better. Same as the uh, the uh, overtime. Keep it in Hawaii. Trash. Oh yeah. yeah, overtime rules. Change the overtime rules. I'm saying it. I think you know. Think, you know I was it, thinking. But, you know. I was thinking like maybe have give the other offense a chance to score. I, touchdown. I want the other team deserves the other chance. I mean, I felt bad for Josh Allen when he can't even do anything. 
because he lost yeah, the right? coin toss. Yeah. Make them both have a chance to score. If they both score, then make it. Last I personally wins. believe in a seven-minute overtime, and whoever comes out at the end wins. That's what. Oh, I, I guess you could have like a timer. Yeah, you don't have whoever like, scores that's, first. That's how the NBA does it. So. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. That one's even better. But whatever. All right, we'll we'll touch on that later. I think we're gonna get into that. So, follow us as always on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music uh, for the all the episodes basically and you can follow us on twitter at bay council to stay up to date on the latest and greatest of our takes and sports overall we had a doozy of a time covering the nba trade deadline so far and we'll probably do more later on but for now signing off thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again next time i love you tom <laughs>